0: Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon. talk with freema so tonight and i do apologize for being late you know what we're going to say fashionably late we do apologize but you know things happen and remember what i always say we cannot get upset over things we have no control over we just got to make things happen So, hey, here I am. Anywho, remember we're doing the Easter basket giveaway. Let's sip and talk with Freeman and friends. All donations can be cashed out to Let's Sip and Talk or you can mail tangible donations or I'm willing to meet you if you are in surrounding areas in Orangeburg, South Carolina. We have to do this for the community for our children because when COVID came last year, I do not remember us celebrate Easter. At least I don't anyway. Anywho, we have on a special guest tonight some of our very own Mr. Chris Carter. He is the athletic direct, director, excuse me, of Edison High School. Um, and, and we have a clip on him. We're going to watch it so we can see a little bit about what Chris is about. So let's see.
1: From. From Stevens right up the middle 24 yard line finally knocked off there. So Robinson up the middle, first man, Tyrone Stevens again. Gets a couple major shabby for a senior. I would take nine of 14, over 150 yards from a freshman anytime in the first half. Chris Wright trying to get the corner, won't do it. Down at the 46-yard line, Chris Carter, the weak side linebacker, who's been very active, the senior from Orangeburg, South Carolina. 46-yard line, Chris Carter, the the weak side linebacker, who's been very active, the senior from Orangeburg, South Carolina. Great pursuit by him. He showed good speed there to run down Chris Wright. Chris Carter's having—he's having a great day. Just uh, expanding the field, spreading things out, and keeping this option going wide. Things are changing. And you know he knew he was gonna get nailed too. Because Alan Jackson was beating down. Robinson cuts it up to the five. How was there not a flag on that one? I thought everybody went. From the five on second and goal. Robinson rolls the pocket, cuts it up. Maybe a game of one. Again that man, 45, Chris Carter. There to lead option. Shafton Fraley. 45, stripped up to the 46-yard line. So Georgia Southern will do something they haven't done a whole lot tonight. They will punt. And again, Chris Carter, give that young man a game ball tonight. 45, 6'2", 230-pound senior has played an outstanding ball game. You Chris, get, Chris Carter, a great strip. You gotta love it when these big hoggies make tackles like that, though. Pitch it back. Here's Worthen again. Wortham cuts it up. Has the first down. Knocked out of bounds at the 40-yard line. Tough, hard-nosed running. You got to like this guy because when he gets the ball on the corners, he'll cut it up and get some yardage. Yeah, he's the fastest man on the Georgia Southern team. And when he does, when he turns the corner, he's really got some speed. He's doing some great blocking. And this is just the fundamental flexbone offense that Georgia Southern has run. And that tells you a little bit about what Buddy Green told him at halftime. And that's never, never, never quit. Eric Smith, the punt for the second time tonight. That man has been a bright spot in what has been a- it had, It's moved more on this drive than it has in the entire second half. continue is standing back off the sideline so there's more, he's fixing to go in anytime soon. Carroll Owen, on the little screen, Owen, at the foot race, Carroll Owen. Put down UTC. How about that? A 50- watch watch how he catches the ball with his hands.
0: Wow. I must say you are very fast or look, can I say worse still is <laughs> <laughs> So, Mr. Chris Carter, tell us a little <laughs> about yourself.
2: <laughs> well, um kind of, you know, everybody know I'm from Orangeburg, uh uh, I played ball at Tennessee Chattanooga. Um, I had an opportunity while, while I was in Chattanooga uh, to coach uh, the first uh, professional indoor football team there called Tennessee River Sharks. Um, uh, I, after that, I went on to a Garringer High School where um, I took on a team that had like an 0-60 record. In the second year, we broke the longest loser streak in the state of North Carolina, won the region championship, Um then moved on to uh, Lake Marion. Um, there 21 guys. Went to the league. It's, it's another team, wow. 259. Uh, went to the Lower State Championship. Uh, sent 22 players total to college in, in a three- to seven-year span. Um, then went over and took another, another, another school that was 0-22 and, 22, and uh, had opportunity to break that losing streak over there. Uh, kind of dig the program out and then I turned it over to a younger guy let him come in and kind of take it from there but uh, wow. and, and you know got a, got a um, organization called grind university uh, that's that's uh, been around since uh, 2013 uh, mm-hmm. and basically what we do we take um, kids uh, you know in, in lower economic uh, areas we mm-hmm. take them to colleges across the uh, country so um, we've taken the forest to Miami, all the way across to uh, Michigan. Uh we even went out almost to Houston once. So wow. we them different things. So uh yeah, they, they get opportunity to to visit camps that they normally wouldn't. And, it, you know, it helps parents out and helps them get scholarships and things like
0: that. Well, that's amazing. Kudos to you. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, I know a lot of parents feel like, thank God for, you know, what we say, Coach Carter or, or Mr. <laughs> Mr. Carter, because that's awesome. We need that in our community. I do want to touch on one thing you mentioned when you took over schools, you know, with the coaching ones that were kind of on a losing streak. Like, did mm-hmm. those those schools reach out to you because of your reputation?
2: Well, the, the, the first school, um, when I went to Garinger, uh, they, you know, there was a job that stayed open for like six months. Um, and oh. when I say it stayed open for six months, I actually initially after the river sharps, job, I went and um, applied at, you know, this various schools and things like that, because after the last part of the season, they, they actually folded the team. So I went down to, um, winded up, uh, Coming off like a, I went on a forty day fast, believe it or not. I went on a forty day fast, and one now when my, you
0: say a forty day fast, a forty day fast from what football coaching,
2: no, what, eating. or eating. Yeah, I went huh? on a forty day fast. Never been able to do it again, <laughs> but I did it once. Uh, but it was just it was just a time just to get kind of get clarity um, and just understanding of of where I, my life needed to go, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I kind of went on a forty day sabbatical and uh, just kind of stopped eating. It, it was initially it was twenty one days, Jesus. then it went to like thirty days, then it went to like thirty eight. But right around about the thirty eighth day, uh, I didn't make it all the way to forty without eating because right around about the thirty fifth day, I like I started having heart palpitations, all kind of stuff. So I had to like stop oh. drinking and stuff too. Um, but uh, for after that, I winded up in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I went to a job uh, that was at South Met, pretty, pretty prestigious school. Uh, they were in good shape. And uh, while I was down there applying, uh, a friend of mine that I went to school with, she was at a school called Garringer High School. And uh, I went over, just kind of talked to her, let her know, hey, I might be moving to Charlotte, you know, leaving um, Tennessee. So. She told me, she said, hey, our football coach job is open. And so I was like, uh, I said, what, the assistant? She's like, no, the head coaching job. And so I'm like, uh, you gotta come over here and just talk to him and just see what, you know, see what happens. I go over and I just talk to him, uh, just just kind of get an idea. And they set right. up an interview with me. And I came back and I told Coach, the guy I was initially applying for. And uh, he told me, he said, man, that's the worst job in Shaw. He said, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. He said, zero sixty. They fired every right. coach that would come over there. Um, you could really mess yourself up career-wise. You know, that's that's right. not a smart decision. So, initially, I was really listening to him a lot. Um, so, but during that time, let, let me rewind it back a little bit. Initially, after the, after the River Sharks kind of started closing down, uh, they were, and I was pretty, you know, pretty young man now. Um, I was probably one of the youngest coaches uh, that was out during that time. I think I had just hit 30 and I was coaching grown men. Mm-hmm. And so um, wow. I hadn't really been outside of college. and really came in contact with a lot of people and things like that. I was coaching in high school, but I met a guy named Mr. Like uh, Eric Holden and he was coming, he was buying the team. And uh and at that time, you know, they were looking for owner, but he's probably about like 42. And uh mm-hmm. when he got when he got the car, uh he said, uh, you know, Mr. Carr, man, I, I taught me. everything he kept calling me was Mr. Carr, Mr. Carr, Mr. Carr. And um at that time I was like, you know, yes, you know, you can't cause that, you know, he was thinking about buying the team because the team was kinda like in financial trouble. So uh he said, I wanna take you out to eat, Mr. Carr. Mr. Carr, I'm to take you out to eat. So guy. They they put us in the back seat because he came up there in a Bentley, and so they oh, wow. put me in the back seat. So I was already kind of shocked, you know. Just a man, you know, guy just turned thirty at that time, and, and I was like, uh, you know, man, this is pretty big. So when, uh, but when we got to the restaurant, he took me out to the restaurant. He said, uh, Mister Cardy said, when you looked at me, and you, and this is how you, this is the very way. So you looked at me. What did you see? And I was telling him, I, I, I didn't know what to say. You know, I was like, well, right. saw, you know. Black guy got in the car. He said, Well, you see my shirt, my shirt is pressed neat. You see that? It's 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 uh there's no wrinkles here. You know, he said, my haircut is lined. You see that? He said, My press of pants, you know, I my, my my pants are pressed. Right. Yeah. He said, uh, everything you see is in place. He said, you know, when I'm on a business, when I go on business trips, I present myself in a certain way. I looked at him, right. and, but I actually looked at myself at the time. I think I had like a little golf a little wrinkled golf shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I had some little brown wrinkled khakis, you know, and I was looking. And, uh, it, you know, it. but when I, but when he got, I noticed that when he got in the car, I am saying, man, this guy, he looks like money. Like he just, right. money. um, so now let's fast forward it. I'm, I'm in Charlotte and, uh, you know, they, they, they set a time for me to come in for an interview and then something. And everything he told me hit me mm-hmm. like, yeah. It, it, just, it just reminded me. so So, uh, you know, at that time, everything was closed. So I, I remember I went to Walmart. Uh, they had like some white shirts in there. <laughs> I got a white shirt and uh, and the pair, like, I'm literally beige, uh, pleated, like khakis or something. I bought some khakis and all that stuff. But when I got in the interview, there were six people in there. And I noticed that as I was talking to him, like one of the ladies kept looking at my my hands. But I had already cut my fingernails and stuff. He's because he was telling mm-hmm. me stuff. Then I noticed the guy to my left kept looking at my shirt. Wow. And I was sitting there like, is he looking at my shirt? You know, <laughs> you, know you tell you look, and then I looked at the uh the, the main principal. And when I look when I looked kind of like made eye contact with mm-hmm. her, I noticed she was kind of examining me as I was talking from head to toe, like she even kind of wow. leaned over and looked at my shoes. And I was like, this, you know, I'm like, wow. So, uh, initially I left, uh, out of there, but, but before I left, she came, she told me, she said, I want to give you this job. You know what I mean? I think you will be great. I'll give you $10,000 bonus if you come on. And so now I'm like, whew, that's a lot of money. You know, that time, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Right, right. So, uh, you know, I, but it was a lot of it was a lot of chaos, a lot of turmoil there. So I went back uh, to to the school I was in, which was South Met, went talk to the coach and uh I told him, I said, you know, they offered me that guarantee job. He said, You don't want to do that. He said, I'm telling you right now, that is the worst decision you could ever make. He's you know, he said, uh they don't win, they don't have any kids, there's no support there, There's nothing. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, okay. But the whole time, like I, when I was driving back to Tennessee, I kept hearing like a little, just like a little voice saying, you know, go, just take the job, go. Right. So um, at that time, you know, I, I'm still kind of debating because it's, it's like I went to the parent meeting to kind of hear what was going on. And the parents are all in the uproar. It was, it was just a lot of chaos. And I was like, man, if I take this job, this could really mess me up because now I'm listening to the chat outside. But as I was driving back on the interstate, I kept hearing that, you know, that voice kind of said, take the job, like take the job, take the job. So when I got, when I got back, uh, kind of thought about it. And then I went on and, you know, I said, I told him, I said, I'm going to take the job. And the guy told me now, the guy told me, uh, I remember him telling me these very words. He said, you're making a big, big mistake. Mm. He said, you will never get an opportunity to apply at this place again like like she off like it was, she was talking about he was talking about the school and the principal he said right your know, right. job here is a good is a good um start for any young coach he said but if you take that job and then you try to get they'll never hire you here i promise you they'll never even give you another chance so i kind of just said you know what i'm just roll the dice you know right i'm a, I'm a gambler so i roll the dice and then i remember interviewing the um Doing an interview with the Charlotte Observer and the guy was like looking at my resume. He said, oh, you've been in this school, you've been in that school, and you, you know, you he coached here." He said, "But why would you come here?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I said, "I just think I can make a change here." Uh, and I and and he said, "Well, he said, I tell you what, if you make a change here, I guarantee you I'll put it in the paper." I said, "I tell you what, if if a change come, promise me you'll put it in the front of the Charlotte Observer on okay. the page." Like he said he said you got a deal. So and and after the after the interview I told him I said well nothing can last forever. I, I that's what right. I said. so you know I go I go into that job and in the first year, which was probably one of the most the crazy because this is my first this is my first high school head job that I ever had. And I took on one of the worst schools in Charlotte, like 0 60. Mm. and it was in a rough part of town, like it was like I take kids home sometime, and they be telling me like, "Yo, coach, you know, you need to back up." And I'm like, "What? Back up? What you mean?" And it'd be guys running through with guns. I mean, it was really. Oh my rough. god! Yeah, it was. It was rough. Uh, it was really rough. But um, I took the job, and the first year we didn't win any games. We didn't win no games. Like the first game, first game we got beat sixty-three mm. nothing. And, and you know, I, I I remember it was a point where I was even kind of. Like, you know, complaining complaining to God, like I was like, Man, you told me to come here. We didn't win no games, we got blowed out. And then it was a situation right in mid season where, like, because I, I had already been complaining, like, in my prayer time, I was like, God, yeah, you know, we don't have mm-hmm. field is messed up, we don't have any equipment. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's just really bad here. This, this is like, lean on me, <laughs> you know. And so the next <laughs> the, the next day they got a they got a video on YouTube that you actually can see. It's called Garringer Goose Poop. The next mm-hmm. day, over hundred geese was on our football field. Wow. And they, had, and they had defecated all over the field. So but the day before that, I had already been complaining to God like, man, you know, this is this is this is like unreal. This doesn't make any sense. So when the geese came, you know, of course, we couldn't play on the field. They had to condemn the field uh, at that time, right. and uh, CMS had to come out and redo the whole field. Wow. So, you know what I was what I was complaining about. Um, and at that time, when the geese came, you know, it was, I, I was like, man, God, now you've made me a laughing stock of CMS. But what he did was, he actually got a whole field redone. Exactly,
0: like, you got that whole field redone.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then um, they didn't they didn't have any money. So we didn't have uniforms, we didn't have anything. And so I was like, okay, we ain't got no boost club. We ain't got this. But then there was a guy in Charlotte that I didn't even know. And so this guy, he comes up to me. He says, um, Coach, you know, you seem to be a good guy. I want to help you. So I'm like, okay. You know, not thinking anything about it. So he came out. He said, uh, let me play a game and tell me what you need. So I said, well. I just threw out some stuff. I was like, well, you know, we could use a tractor. We could use some water hoses. We can use some seed for the field.
0: Yeah.
2: He, say, he said, OK. The next day, a big truck comes up. They got seed, water hose, tractors. Wow. All that stuff comes rolling out. So, you know, at the time I'm sitting there and I'm like everything I needed that the guy told me was one of the worst jobs that I took. It was like all the supplies I needed was coming. Whatever I didn't have, mm-hmm. it was coming. And so, even though we didn't win any games the first year. So, after all that, I'm still complaining. God, you know, use it, man. I, I, I'm praying you. I'm trusting you. You still got right. me. So the principal comes around the corner, and she tells me, Coach, you know what? You just won two games. I'm like, but I didn't do nothing. She said, yeah, but two teams played, and then else will play so y'all won two games. So I'm I and and then she told me that and I'm walking walking to the class I'm laughing I said okay guys you I understand this this is not my will this is your will so it's not about me so we won those games and then the next year um it was like the guy told me he said you know what Cody said none of your stuff gonna look like this next year I'm like what you mean he said man we are gonna get new uniforms we are getting everything wow and so the the thing about it is is when I took it. You know, it it didn't look like what mm-hmm. it was coming. It just looked like it was like a bunch of mess, right? And the next the next year, uh, I found a kid in the school that was like, 'Cause I told myself, I said, God, I need players.' There was a kid in the school that was like nineteen or getting ready to turn nineteen. Never played. He was like six five. Um, then some kids started moving in over there. One of the and and this guy was like, they started coming. So mm-hmm. the long story short, we go into the season, and uh, you know we we didn't win the first two games, and then after that we just something snapped, and we went on like a streak, and they they got it on the paper. With uh, I mean, uh, um, all this is on YouTube, you know, like channels. But when we broke the losing streak, like the news and everybody was out there, like people started. The city of Charlotte started cheering for us at everybody. right. Like they would be at a independence with Tommy Knox game and they'd be asking everybody like what's the Gearinger score? What's the Gearinger score? There's, wow. there's, and they were like and and people were telling me they were like, Garrett's winning, Garrett's winning. You know, when we won our first game. And the first game we won, we won at 31-12. And it was wow. And it was uh it was in all the papers, it was all the news and stuff like that. But it was it was amazing because not only did they win the win that first game, but they went on and won the Foyer region championship.
0: Wow!
2: And, yeah, and it and, and and the craziest thing it was so many games where it was like three seconds to go, and we we would come out and win. Like it it was just it was almost like like the forces were saying this is going to happen. This, yeah, and then, yeah, and it was like it was like a storybook type uh, ending. And so then, you know, I started really liking it there. I started enjoying my. I was like. This is good. But, you know, when God tells you it's time for you to go,
0: Yeah, a lot
2: of times people don't want to leave because they get comfortable they like what's going on.
0: Absolutely.
2: So um, a little a little turmoil started kind of brewing around the school. You know, I, I could feel it. Um, and it was because some of the stuff that by winning, I started seeing things ha- having to change because of that. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, I said, well, um, the schools were divided in five. Five parts, um, and Garringer, because they were un, under like state, um, they'll be evaluated by the state because of test scores. So, mm, okay, the school I was at, what they did to get around it, they divided made five, four other schools besides one, and my school was closing down. Mm. And so, I got I get a call after I just got I was just nominated region coach of the year, Charlotte coach yeah. of the year, NC. And they were like, "Yo, they're not bringing you back." I'm like, "What?" (laughs) I was like, "I I just wow." The the school's told they're not bringing you back, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like, I I just, I just wanted to read, you You know? So they're not bringing you back. So um, at that time, I'm kind of like, you know, and that's what kind of sparked the fast, you know? I'm like, "God, this is I can't believe this." You know, I I just won the region championship and I'm getting fired.
0: And you're getting fired.
2: So I'm getting fired. So at that time, I, I started applying for different jobs. But because I had won that, those games, like I was getting interviews. People interviewing interview, interview me for a basketball coach. I was like, I never mm-hmm. coached basketball. And they were like, Yeah, I want you to coach the basketball team. I'm like, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> uh, you know, it was just crazy. So, um, I remember when I applied at Lake Marion. Uh, when I when I applied uh, at that time, you know, I, I went down and uh, I interviewed and something told me like the same voice I heard last time. It was like, this is why I want you to come. And uh, it's a small voice. And, you know, you can say <laughs> intuition, that gut feeling. Right. And uh, but I didn't want to come And Notice every day I really didn't want to go in the beginning. So, um, I was like, but I heard someone say, just go, you know. So when I got back, um, I told them. I said, uh, I got another job. And they were like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, now, this is
0: the same wait. school that you told you had another job that was telling you that it was over? Was
2: not, they were telling me oh, I was yeah. But what, what happened was the, one of the principals there, um, actually, and I got this from the principal that was at my school, she said, well, let's make them sweat a little bit before we tell them we're gonna to move to a different school. And I was like, "What sense does that make?" So they, it was meant for you to move forward. Yeah. So um, they, they 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 when I told my aunt, they said no, we weren't gonna let you go. We were just waiting to get things straight. They that's what they told me. But then my principal at the school, uh, which was a uh, oh man, that lady was that lady was like an angel on my shoulder. But she told me she said. Carter, no. She said they knew they were gonna bring you back, but he said, let, let them they wanna see you, he wanted to see you sweat a little bit. And so I'm like, but that's my livelihood. I I I had no idea. So
0: Yeah, uh, you can't play time, with something like that.
2: Yeah, because yeah, I didn't know. And so um when I told my when I told him I got another job, he told me to be quiet. Don't tell the kids, don't say nothing. Just, you know, I was like you Playing games, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna be funny. So, I call it, I call the newspaper, and I, and I knew they were gonna put it in the store. As soon as I said, I said, Hey, please don't print this, but you know, I think I'm gonna be going taking the job in, in South Carolina. Um, wow, said, oh, okay, we won't. Next day in the paper, Carl, it was in there, <laughs> bold headlines. <laughs> but, um, even at that time though, right before I actually accepted the job, I didn't. When I went to the interview, I felt like I was going to get a job. Mm -hmm. So I said, uh, I said it again. I said, God, you know, things kind of looking up back, you know, back in Charlotte. Right. And uh, I really don't want to go. And uh, he said, well, I tell you what, this is all I heard in my head. If you stay, I'm not obligated to protect you. That's all. That's all I heard. And so I started understanding that if you're not in the right place where, where God wants you to be, He's not obligated to protect you, to protect so you. whatever happens to you, it just happens. And a lot of people get mad because they want to go where they want to go, right? They want to be there. And so uh, I heard that, and it kind of stuck with me a little bit. I was like, whoo, man!" <laughs> so I, I drove Indeed. back. And I, yeah, I wrestled with it for a little while, and then I decided to go ahead and take it. So I came here, I took the job, and um, but and I and, and this is I, this is my very. I said, "Listen." I said, Lord, now you know I gotta win here and win fast. <laughs> it ain't gonna be nothing like that. So uh we did. We went to the playoffs the first year. Like, wow. Went to the playoffs the first year and um got got a little cocky, got a little cocky, team started rolling. And so the third year, the third year, um, you know, I think I think God said, well, it's time for me to spank you a little bit and get some <laughs> of that cockiness out of you. So I so we went like two and eight, and it, during that season I was like, oh my god, this is horrible, you know, but uh, the methods and the way we were coaching and stuff, it, it just uh, it went totally against how I coached. And so doing like I'm, I rem- I remember laying in the bed that night, and and I just heard someone say, "What I want you to do is take the boys in the middle of the field. And I want you to apologize to them for the way you coached." So I so I said I I said there for a little while and I said you know what I said woo that's gonna be kind of hard right there that's all I need you to do so um, now this this game is actually on YouTube this is another game this is crazy so I, I did it I took the kids in the middle of the field and I apologized to them and we're playing the game we and and uh, Mr Williams already told me and, and even the principal told me he said man you know you you need to win this game tonight now you know in this one we're have the Make some switches. Oh, wow. So so I'm sitting there kind of like, hey, I got to win this one. So we're we're down uh, seven points with like two minutes to go in the game. Mm. And uh, we score one touchdown. And then uh, they call it back. Time's running down again. So now we're down. I think we scored a first down. It got down to like a minute and like 12 seconds left. We throw the ball up again and score another touchdown.
0: Oh, wow.
2: They call it back. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, man. <laughs> so uh, we, we we go in the huddle again. Now it's down to, like, uh, maybe one minute or 56 seconds. And we're back, like, on our 35, 40-yard line. And I'm like, okay, we got this. This this What are we going to call? Call another play. And we score another touchdown. They call it back. It, it's, it's all, if you Google YouTube, you Google Lake Marion's greatest. Wow. Um, so we scored another one. So they bring the ball back. I think it's down to like maybe tw- 30 some seconds. The time was ticking. Like it was like, I was like, yo, we got to do something. So then the the, the next player, a little ninth grader came to me, like when we caught our, when our last timeout. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, Coach, if you throw me a ball, I promise you I'll catch it. I promise you. Well, JV game before that, the boy dropped five passes, and so I'm like, Shh, man. And they were like, Coach, he's wide open. Just throw it to him. We ain't got nothing else to lose. But in my head, I'm like, we got to win this game. Right, right. So I said, uh, I said, all right, man. I said, fingers crossed. I said, just throw it to him. Throw it to him. The boy catches that diving catch in the end zone. Touchdown. Wow. They call it back. back again. But <laughs> <He> why? Goes- <laughs> It, it was something like kill. kept lining up in a funny kind of way, like in the neutral zone. But they they call back five touchdowns. We scored five touchdowns back to back. So now it's like eight seconds, 12 seconds, something like that on the clock. So uh, I said, man, just throw it up the mic. <laughs> Let's keep our fingers crossed. We throw it up to him. He catches it in his own touchdown. We win the game. Oh. So everybody, everybody's going crazy on the sideline. And uh, all I heard was, as long as you keep me on the ship, it'll never sink. Mm. And so, right, at, right at that moment, I'm like, okay, now I know, I understand, I know, I know what this is all about. So, you know, thing, you know, we started playing, and and after that, it just, it just started picking up. Like kids, I mean, it was like Dabble Swing was coming to school. Nick Saban, I mean, it was like it was like kid after kid after kid it just started really ramping up and going and um, so at that time it's like we went on a, a major run I remember uh, you know when, when we got to the, the game right before the Lord State Championship I, I was there were some games I was just like Golly, the guys got so good to you know I would be standing on the sideline watching them and I'd be like do y'all do you see these guys you know I'm like hey they're amazing to me like I'm my mouth is wide open. Like, I, I can't believe how they're playing. Like, it's just, it's wow. it was amazing watching watch them. And so, uh, at, at that time, uh, you know, the the athletic director at the school um, had uh, left. And uh, it, it was an opportunity. And then, uh, at the superintendent at the time, Edisto, which was Mr. Newman,
1: uh, mm-hmm. called.
2: And he said, um, uh, Edisto would like to get your services. And I was like, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> you know I had I heard some, you know, different things. And I was just like, and I asked him, I said, well, are they going to be okay with a a black guy? You know, because I said, you know, I, I just heard, you know, various things. right." right. People. And I said, he said, yeah, he said, I think so. He said, well, it's pretty bad. He, I said, well, how bad is it? He said, well, we're 0-22. Mm. Another kid's coming. And he said, it's real bad, you know, and I was like, I said, all right. So, um, kind of, pan- I kind of, you know, pander with the thought a little bit, uh, you know, just just trying to say. I said, well, wh- what do you want me to do when I come there? He said, all right, we just want you to win one game. We just want you to win one game. Get the kids out there, um, yeah. Where where they can at least compete. He said, that's right. all. Just compete. And, I was, and but the thing I had been through so much before that that I told him, I said, oh, we are gonna win one game. Uh, we I can I can do that. Uh, and at that time, you know, we I, I it, there was a lot of uh, there was it seemed like every place I've been in where the the programs have really, really been bad. There's always been a lot of clatter, clatter and a lot of noise around. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of stuff that you got to kind of fight through to get to the kids to help them and push them. And 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 that's one of the things I started looking looking at it. So when we were able to kind of get through, I remember the last game uh, when we played Eau Claire, uh and and I and I asked the coaches. I said, uh, you know, let's put the best kids on the field. I said, just the best. I don't care who it is. Just give me the best kids we got. And uh, you know, at that time, I think we had. It, the team was somewhat mixed. Uh, the, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't heavily mixed, but it was somewhat mixed. But I know we had a total of I think it was seven seven black kids that actually was on the offensive side of the right. ball. And, and somebody told me, they said, you know, this is going to be a first right here, brother. Mm. And they said, you sure you want to do this? I said, you know, I'm sitting on mean it. It's just a football game. They said, no, you don't understand this, man. I said, well, let's just play the best kids. You know, this, I mean, that's what I've always, that's what it's always been about me. It's not about right. color. It's not been about that, but it's just, let's just play the, put the best kids out here. Let's see what we can do. Um, so we put the kids out there uh, and, and they play and, and we wind up, we wind up winning the game, but it was still like one play left. So they dumped water on me and they're like, Oh, we got one more play left. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all don't want to. And, and <laughs> they they threw like a, a a flea flicker hail mary kind of pass, and the boy flipped it, and he was down the side and I said, "Oh my god, I cannot believe this!" But oh, luckily, we tackled him tackling at the last part, and we broke the losing streak. And then the next year, you know, he improved, and then from there. But it's just my my uh, mo through the through the past is what I've seen is I've always stepped in the very chaotic situations. Mm-hmm. Um, very chaotic and it and it now it's i kind of like i call it you know battle wounds like it, it you know i could go into it now and be like you know what whatever hits me just hit me because i already wow. already seen this before but it's you already seen yeah it. <laughs> but it's just like just going in those situations in the beginning it, it was a, a very tough task should i say
0: I can imagine. How does it? How does it make you feel to know that? And I guess because I'm not going to say because I'm a female because I know I know women know football and mm-hmm. all this stuff. But how does it work with all the blame being on you? Like you have to win. Like you're not the players on the field. So how does that work?
2: It, it's it's tough um, because you know you're actually putting your hand your life in the hands of fifteen sixteen yeah. Years. Uh, it, it is, um, but one of the things you know I, I've learned it, is that you you really got to spend a lot of time in developing a young man, and you just gotta you gotta develop a very thick layer of skin. You you can't be somebody who needs the crowd to, mm-hmm. to move with you. So you have to be more of a, a a mover, and you have to be more of a person that can be alone uh, and be because. When it going when it's going bad, it's like everybody. You may have, and, and and even at those times, I always think God always he, he always sends you one or two people that'll say something to you to kind of keep you going, like coaches. You know? But the masses of the people that's coming against you, a lot of times you have to kind of, you know. Now I'm like, it doesn't matter. But then it was like, man, I feel like I want to go in. You know, it, it was tough. Because you know you got to get up after you get your butt kicked, and you got to walk down the hall. Yeah, you got everybody saying, "Oh, they suck. He's terrible. <laughs> He's this. He can't do this. He can't do that." You know, they need to fire him. They need to move him. They need to get rid of him. You got to you got to deal with all that, and then go in and with a smile on your face. and, right. and, and then you got to deal with the person that's right there beside you, just saying, "You know what? If I had this job, I can do a lot better." I can, yeah. yeah. So you, so you, you're. Leadership is a is a kind of position where you gotta be willing to be alone. Um, you gotta be willing to, uh, you know, take a lot of hits, and and, and you gotta have a, a whole hell of a lot of faith. You gotta have faith in it. You gotta have. You gotta be so optimistic that, okay, if I get up the day, it's like gambling. It's like I'm gonna come out on the end. Like yeah, like you gotta. It's just gotta be a belief in you, even though you can't see it. Like I'm going. I'm going to make it through.
0: What is now? I know that you're the athletic director of Edisto High School. Exactly, what is that? Don't be like what, but exactly like so. Like I know you went from coaching. Like, do you still have your hands in actually coaching and things of that? Or you actually like how does that work? What What does the athletic
2: director do? Athletic director is more of a day to day operations. You 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 mostly manage the operation, the eligibility. uh on a, on a bigger scale, uh, you know, financial, uh, money aspects. I know when we first got there, we had, there were some things that were in the red, you got to kind of clean things up. Uh, Um, you got to evaluate coaches, uh, and, and various things like that, but it's, it's more so you're just managing the daily activities of the whole athletic department. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's not so much of the pressure is when you're like, you're like coaching, but mm-hmm. your job is, you basically get the complaints now, like instead of being the one they complaining about, they bring you get, in, the yeah, you get the complaints. Now like, you may, you need to fire that guy. You need to fire this person. You need to get rid of this person. Now. You know, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? You know, this needs to, you know, that that's right. So, uh, Got you. you know,
0: do you find yourself um being a micromanager and i don't know if that goes with you know an athletic director but what i mean when i say that is like as far as how the coaches are coaching do you find yourself wanting to say hey you know maybe you should try this or do this or you know put the best players in do you find yourself doing that putting yourself in that situation
2: you know a lot of times um i'm i'm, I'm more so uh I believe in giving people opportunities to lead. Uh I, I, always, I always said this, you know, you never catch your pearls unless people ask for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm around. Um, Not many people know my story. I know my background, I know the coaching I've been through. So, so I, you know, every now and then I get a few people to kind of ask me about it, but I'm not the one to talk about right you know, different accolades or what I have. Like, you know, if you ask me, you know about some of that stuff before I would never mention it. And I've and I've had friends of mine that that's, that's told me, you know, you need to tell people, you know, your background and story because you could, you know, you you've seen more than what you actually put on. Right. And 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 one of the things I always said, you know, I don't have to brag about. It, I, I feel like when when God wants my story revealed, he'll he'll create a way. He'll let Absolutely. people know about my back my background. So so. I, I never been the one to have to come in and, and give you my title, like I'm this, I'm that, you know, because that, to me that's just kind of it's just like you to me you're putting it on, and you want people to validate who you are when you, you show up. Right? yeah. So I totally um, get it. There, 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 are some other things that I've done that that you know I I would I would tell if if God put me in that place to be able to say hey I need I want you to tell people this story now right. But, but other than that, I've always been, you know, I, my famous saying was, my boys make the front page. My boys make the front I, I would tell all the kids, my boys make the front page. And what that says is is that, you know, people who join me, I'm going to put you in the spotlight. I'm going to really do my best to kind of push you up there and get your name out there, do what I can right. do to help you. And I think those are the things that that people remember. It's not so much uh, of, of what of of people following me just to follow me but you like people follow people that they get something from absolutely and and the thing about being a leader when people say they want to be a leader you got to be willing to be drained now you got to know how to replenish yourself but a lot of people cry for leadership but they don't know leadership is, is is draining and it's hard because you got so much that's demanded of you that yeah you're gonna sacrifice some things, you're gonna sacrifice time, you're gonna sacrifice uh certain things that you wanna do, you're gonna sacrifice that in the process. And when you get to the point where you feel like you can't sacrifice for the people you're leading, you need to step Yeah. You need to lead them. So, you know, that being said, I, I don't really micromanage people because I think sometimes yeah. when you micromanage people, that's that's just a form of insecurity. Um that you're trying to force your will to let them know I'm in charge. And, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, people know, people know I'm the athletic director. I don't have to. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) You know who I am? Um, And so I I don't don't do that. Well, that's good. That was
0: good. I just thought I asked, you know, from the coaching background, (laughs) was it hard to, like, kind of separate yourself from it? Well, that's good to know. How long have you been with Edison? Because, you know, I'm a cougar. You know, so <laughs> teen it though.
2: You know, I've, I've been there. Um, this is going to my like my fourth year. Uh, okay. It's, um, it's it, you know I, I've learned I've learned a lot. I, I did the coaching of three years, and I decided to go ahead and step away, and um, because I felt like that was that was the right time. You know, I, mm-hmm. I left. I every, every place I've I've gone, I always left it better than where where I found it. And that's uh, good. I knew I knew that year the team I left was going to be pretty good. I know there were like 17 seniors coming back, uh, and there were some really good players. So I knew if a coach was coming in, I always knew for me the hardest thing was getting the thing started. And, and right. being a new coach coming in, If if it's, I always had to dig it out of the ditch and then get it going. And uh, so I said, if, if, I, if I'm going to leave something, I'm going to leave it better than how I found it. How you found so, it? Yeah, yeah, and so and so those guys they went on. Some of them was upset with me. Um, did I did I step now? But I just knew that mm-hmm. it was it was my time to step away. And I think that's another thing about being a leader is knowing, you know, when it's time. And everywhere I've been, I've always like known when it was time to step away. A lot step of coaches away. have been fired, and they and they talk about you know being fired. But God has blessed me why well, I've never been, you know, fired from a job where I had to just. Because you left up. when you knew it was time. I left when I knew it was time. Like I knew, okay, this is your reign. This is your time. It's time to move on. And I just I just knew that. And that was just my time.
0: Um, what kind of toll, and I don't want to keep you too long, but what kind of mm-hmm. toll did it take on you when it's whole, and I know everybody's probably tired of hearing about it, but it's reality, this whole yeah. COVID-19. As an athletic director, like what kind of toll did it take on you? You know, when it, it hindered the players from playing it. The parents were upset because I know I was an upset parent mm-hmm. with basketballs. You know, like it was just like, how did you handle that?
2: You what know, advice you know, did you give? During during that time, like as far as with the kids, you know, uh, we, we, they shut it down so fast that we didn't get a chance to really talk to kids. It was just like one day we were in there, like nobody's coming back to school. Everybody stay home. We're going online. We're going to do this online. So it was so rushed. So at that time it was more so everybody was kind of like bottom. Like I was at that time I was living in Columbia and um, I, I'm in the house by myself, you know. And they're saying you can't go nowhere. Everything's shut down. So um, everything for me slowed down because I had been going like go 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 go, and it's like everything's right. just slowed down. And I had and and for me that was kind of like a time when I that I felt like I just needed it, like I I, I needed to just stop and. It didn't, like, I, I literally stayed in, the, stayed in the house for, like, that whole month. Like, I didn't go in anywhere. Um, and, and I would get up in the morning, and I would just, I would go for about a two-mile walk. I would come back. Uh, I didn't even go to the grocery store. So <clears throat> I would, um, I think I had a little bit of food in the refrigerator. I didn't buy much. Because I'm like, I live by myself. So I, ain't got, I don't need all that food. And everybody was like, you need, buy, you need to buy that. And I was like, I'm not buying all that stuff. But it was, uh, it, 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 it didn't really, it really slowed things down for me. It was like I had a chance to kind of, you know, come back to, to Chris. You know, it, it was right. car to car to go, 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 go. Oh, but I had actually got a chance to really come back to Chris and find out some things that I enjoy doing. Uh, I got Absolutely. a chance, to, uh, you know, I love the camera. Uh, you know, my, my spare time. I like to take the camera. I, I'll go around and take excuse me. I take pictures, uh, videos. I, I it, it's fun. That's fun for me. So okay. you know, I, I just started picking up things that that I enjoy doing, and I kind of just have you know put aside and right. you know. So it it was like God gave me an opportunity to kind of you know reevaluate and learn for a chance with Chris. Liked. Absolutely, and absolutely. Uh, yeah. So it was. <laughs> I, I even I even made a few movies. I even made a few Really? Movies. Yeah, I I was in the house. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> got wow. I, I even uh I I even made a, a short film and I played all five characters. I mean because I was you I know, love my it. Buddies, my buddies were laughing, they were like, You got too much time on your head. And I said, man, that's all I got. I'm in the house all day long. Right. So I gotta find something to do. So uh I did that, but I, I was blessed because I still had checks coming in um, I didn't have the experience, you know, what some people had to go through. Right. Being no. and I, and I I felt for those people. I, I was, I was really kind of, you know, you know, it, it didn't make any sense to me why, I, cause I was kind of upset that the government wouldn't pay people that kind of money knowing they were you know out of work. Yeah. So those are the people I kind of felt for. Um, uh, and I, you know, I would talk, I had a friend of mine that lived in Texas and, um, she was kind of going through some hard times. Her sister had cancer, so I, mm. I find myself talking to them. She called me her uh, her COVID boyfriend, with, with <laughs> but it was just she just didn't have anybody to talk to. She, right, she, was, she, was right. from, she was from Charleston, and she moved all the way to Texas, and then mm. COVID struck. So she was in the yeah. house. So you know it was like everybody was kind of. I, I think people were so in into the go 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 red carpet events mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you know when COVID struck you're in the house you know now you, you're kind of thinking like it helped you back like what's really important to me right like, do, do is this going like do some people found out that they they wanted love versus this over here some exactly people, just people started really like God said let's slow everything down let's just let's just pause that's
0: it. how I took it
2: yeah, yeah. So I, I think you know, and now things are starting to open up. People starting to get busy again, but they really need to remember that time because that was a time where the world stopped. It and stopped. World, yeah. So when the world stopped at that particular moment, what was important to you? And then when you really start evaluating that, I tell people don't forget it because it could the world should shut down again. Again, and, we yeah, never know. You know. So. um, you know, put yourself in a better place. Uh, yep. Learn who you are. Do the things you enjoy. Um, take life serious, but don't take it so serious. Uh, right. Take chances. Um, and and you know, I always i have always been like a like a rule breaker, and I had to be a rule breaker because i would go into places that people would tell me not to go. Like, <laughs> don't do this. And and my all my success has been banked on doing stuff that doing people told me not to do. <laughs> So that's just how I am. You know, you tell me, like if I look at something, I'm saying, you know what, my gut tells me, hey, go with this, just go with it. And people say, don't do that, don't do that. I'm like, I've, I've always lived like this. Right. And I, I've it always,
0: worked
2: for you, huh? Yeah, I in a river, they call it a riverboat gambler, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but you know, I, and, and all it is to me is is people learn how to they, they listen to that inner voice, that inner voice that yeah. you can hear it. It'll never guide you wrong. Uh, It's just I I, I had to learn how to live and hear that voice in all aspects of my life, not just certain aspects of my life. So that's that's the thing that I had to learn to do and still learning. But I I teach kids that now, like um, a lot of that. When they ask me, I say, you know, you got to trust that inner voice. Uh, I had a couple of kids um, that trying to make decisions on colleges because of the, yeah. the COVID. They all had an extra year. And, you know, one of the guys was telling me, coach, I got a couple of schools I could pick from and they didn't know what, which one to pick. And they, you know, now, you know, I, I was telling them, I said, you know, you got to trust that inner voice. I said, I can yeah. tell you what's best, but what does your voice tell you? What What does that inner voice tell you when you go? And uh, some of them they come at us and say, I'm going to stay or I'm going here, but it's just like, you know, I'm still, you know, I, the things I've been through, I've been able to use it to help people.
0: Right. And and you know what's so funny, though? Um, I normally ask everyone that comes on, like, what would you tell the little Chris? You know, what would you tell the young guys? And you just basically answer that question. Trust your inner voice. You yeah. know, like, it'll never steer you wrong.
2: you my my younger self?
0: Well, you know, like, for the guy, the young guy, the the high schoolers out here now that you encounter, yeah. like, what would you yeah. share with them? And you basically, you know, answer you know, that without me even asking the question.
2: <laughs> yeah, trust. Yeah, tr- trust. You know, it. trust that voice. Um, don't be a scared, Don't be scared to take a chance. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my generation came up on. They told us to get a job and get married, and that's all they knew. My, you know, my parents. Uh, their thing was, you know, we got married. You know, we had kids. We got a home, and you know, and that's 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 just what they did. That's all they knew. Mm. Uh, I think now I, I tell kids more so now find find out what it is that you enjoy doing, and and, nice. and these kids more are the entrepreneur spirit. When we said entrepreneur back then, it was like, oh, you just ain't working. <laughs> you ain't right. got a job, so you're an entrepreneur. We understand it, but they really want to do that. So you know, I teach them more so it's not about just Going ahead, just getting the job, but uh, go after you know, like what's in your what's what what's in your heart. What's your gift? Not don't tell me. I don't 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 go after your passion. I need you go after your gift. Your gift. A lot of people chase their passion, but there's nowhere in the Bible where it says chase your passion. Your, it didn't say your passion to make room for you. It says your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. So mm. find out your gift and. And if and if people can find out what their gift is, it it may be, it may be baking a pie. If you bake pies and you bake the best pies, you need to be somewhere down baking. Yeah. Pie. If you can cook chicken, you need to be somewhere cooking chicken. The the lady is uh, I can't think of her name, uh, but she she started out baking pies in the shop. And Amanda, the man the board the guy's shop was about to shut down, and she started baking pies in the shop and. She she just basically told him she said you know maybe I can generate some business if you let me bake pies. Well, she baked one, sold every slice. Wow. The place started packing up. The next day she sold all those. She had to go back and bake four more. And then it started getting to the point where she put a commercial uh, oven in her house and started selling pies. She got pies all over the country now. She's mm. not, a business, not a business, but. Her gift was bacon pies.
0: Bacon pies. So, and, wow. And
2: Steve, Steve Harvey's hair, you know, his, his hair cutter, the person who cut his hair, mm-hmm. he paid $10 for that person to cut his hair. He said when he got his job, he moved up, he paid that guy like $1,500 a week for, wow. for haircuts. He said, you know, and then it kind of progressed. He said the guy was making anywhere from $10,000 a week cutting his hair. But that was his gift. Because yeah, that's his he, gift. Yeah, he said, so people need to understand like, what's your gift? Mm. And I think, I think that's the one thing that even adults wrestle with that. They just, you know, if, if you had to ask an adult, what's your gift, they can tell you what their job is. They can tell right. you what they, their passion is. But if you ask them, I say, what's your gift? And they say, it's, it's, it's the thing you can do with the least amount of effort. Like you can, you can just do it. Like you just, There's no is it fair
0: and I don't even want to say fair. Is it possible for my gift to be what I'm doing now? And it's talking like I don't even want to say entertaining because that's not what I say I I, I do, but I like talking and I don't want to say advising people, but just listening and and sharing knowledge. And just I don't know, I just love doing this.
2: (laughs) You know, know, there's another way that people can find their gift. Your gift makes room for you. It, it it brings you before great people. Like when you're doing your gift, it's it's like it's it's like all of a sudden doors start opening that you had no can you didn't do anything. It just shoo, flew. It just away. happened. Yeah, and and it's 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 your gift makes room for you and it brings you before. Mm. So it people can. They they can really understand when they when they're doing their gift because it, it's just gonna it's just gonna put you before people your gift will and 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 it kind of goes along with what you read in the Bible says uh, if I be lifted up I will draw men unto me so if you find your gift the gift that God has given you then you're using it for Him then He's gonna it's it's just gonna bring people to you it's
0: just gonna come yeah
2: you don't even have to fight you don't have to fight for followers you don't have to beg for followers. Is just your gift. And, this is my yeah, gift. And learn, your gift. yeah. <laughs> and learn and learn your gift. You got to get up in the morning, and you got to learn you. So you got to you you got to spend time with you. So, but a lot of people don't spend time with you. Mm. So they spend time with everybody else, or they, right. they get an idea, and they bounce it off people. And what people do is give you what. They think you, should you do. shouldn't. Yeah. But if you spend time with you, yes. he can tell you what to do with that gift because that's that's who he gave the gift to.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So you gotta I so, agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. So I so whatever you do to spend time with you, like you know, I mean that times I go to bed at night and, and I'll just be laying there and I'll just hear things. Um I just started this thing where I make vision boards and stuff. Okay. Things I want to do. And, and the last, the first time I ever made a vision board was during COVID season. COVID mm-hmm. season. And I, on my vision board, I put... Uh, well, I took that back. It was right before COVID hit. It was like in December. COVID hit around right after February. Yeah. I, put, I want to go to London. Now, this is crazy. I put, I want to go to London. There was an actress over there I wanted to meet. And I was like, yo, I want to get into in my movie. <laughs> then, but... They, now the now, thing that this is what I put on my board. I want to meet them, Mine, I remember this. I want to meet them. I put down mm-hmm. like I wanted twenty thousand dollars to come to me. I was just, this is what, yeah, I had just, yeah. Uh, I had, I had I wanted to get a special kind of computer, uh, and um, I wanted a camera, uh, a camera, okay. And, December in January, I went online to see if I can find a ticket to London, and it was like three hundred bucks, one fifty there, one fifty back. So when I got online to, to purchase the ticket, the lady said, "That's not right." <laughs> she said, "That ticket doesn't cost that." I said, yeah. "Well, man, that's what the ticket is right here." Right. right here. And she said, "Well, hold on for a minute," and she got the supervisor, and he said, "Sir, this is your lucky day because we going to have to save this ticket for for." Uh, three hundred. I think it's three hundred wow. fifty, something like that. It was really cheap. So he said, "We're going to sell it to you," but that's not what this ticket usually costs. <laughs> so I said, "I said that's fine, but I'm buying it now." So I bought the ticket. Uh, I got over to it was like an act called Three Sisters. Got to the place, went in there, saw the. Don't act. tell me
0: the act. Don't yes. tell me that person was there.
2: Yes, not only were they there, they were on stage performing. Wow. So, so I put on a on a, on a um, Instagram note. I said, "Hi, I'm from the USA, South Carolina. Would love to meet you." That didn't happen. Sure enough, I get a reply: "Come to the backstage. Be happy wow. to." So,
0: wow.
2: Yes, but what, what did I ask for on my vision board?
0: Yeah,
2: I asked to go meet to
0: you. London.
2: Yeah, but Anyone meet them. The wow. So I met, I met them. That was it. But I met them. But then I was like, "Yo, I need, I need to talk to them and ask them about the movie." I didn't <laughs> talk, but uh, and, and and at that time I was so shocked. And and this is where you got to be prepared for your moments. Mm-hmm. You got to be prepared. I was so shocked that even they even said, "Hey, well, if you got a movie, let's sit on this talk." I was like, "Ah." Oh, i come back tomorrow and we'll oh talk. Oh, my God. I'm like, no, i come at I'm like, come back tomorrow. I was like, oh, my God. And then, you know what happened? They had to fly out. They had to go somewhere else. Right. <laughs> when God brings it to you, you got to be prepared. You got to be
0: ready. You ask for it. You got to be ready.
2: You got to be ready. And so wow. uh, that was one. So then uh, I made a movie for the Lupus Foundation uh, that will be coming out this year called Market oh, of the Butterfly. And uh, I did, you know, made that movie. So here's the thing. There was a nurse uh, that had some friends that, you know, suffered from lupus. And um, she said, hey, I saw your trailer. I love it. It's a great, it it, it can really help a lot of people. Can you tell me more? So I Mm -hmm. told her about it. And then she said, well, is there anything I can do to help? I said, well, you know, there's a computer I like. She said, well, do you have a picture of it? I'm like, man, there's no in the world. knowing no <laughs> in the world. This lady's about to buy everybody. Right. About the computer. So I said, well, you know what? They asked. Me. Right. So I show them the computer. Now, the computer's about $2,700. Mm. So they said, oh, okay, all right. She says, is there, is there an address that it comes to? I said, sure. Yeah. Let me write it down. Here you go. I give it a thing. Here you go. Two weeks later, the computer's sitting on our front door. Wow! Like and then you got to be kidding me. So it's like, so I started understanding that, you know, you know, you got to make a vision for your life, and 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 you got to make a vision for your life in every aspect: relationship,
0: yeah,
2: um, job, physical. You got to you got to start making that vision. If you don't write a vision, then you kind of just you're flowing.
0: You just and flowing, what, yeah. yeah.
2: And that that vision board allows you to see the things, and 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 it actually tells the universe. So, um, there some of the things I'm very careful about what I say now, because you know even even negative things that you complain about that you say Mm. I can't do, I always run into this. I always because you're telling me this is is what I this is what
0: I yeah this is what I'm used to. Bring it on.
2: Bring it on, and looks like the change so. Wow, uh, it's been a learning process.
0: This was very, very enlightening. I I enjoyed this conversation tonight. I really <laughs> did, and I appreciate you sharing so much with us. Because yeah. the reason for me doing this is to learn from one another, give each other that oomph you know that yeah. that one person may need. You know, yeah. so I appreciate you sharing this with us. Now, uh, from my understanding, you do have a podcast. Is that right? Yeah.
2: I got a podcast called G grind you mentality. And it's basically um, it's a podcast designed for people, you know, real life people with real stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it's people who have, you know, they have achieved uh, various things in their life, but they're telling you about their process and going through it. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times people, like I said, they, they share the, the good parts, but they don't actually tell you the process. And right. Sometimes I think people disrespect people by looking at the finished product and saying, "Oh, I can I can do what they're doing."
0: I can do no, that, not knowing what they've been through to not, get there. Yeah.
2: So I said, "You know, if you want to do what that person is doing, are you willing to pay the price that that person mm-hmm. to paid to be who they are?" Right. Some people, their process of being who they were, they lost loved ones along the way, mm-hmm. walked away from them. I mean, they. You know, I had one one guy. Uh, that was on there uh, a week before he talked about how he almost, you know, he lost it over his girlfriend. Like he, he had gone in the, in the uh, we call it insane asylum. Uh, yeah. And he, he thought about killing himself and he was, Aww. at that time he was like the region coach of the year. Uh, mm. and so, you know, it's, but he, you know, he made it through, but it's like, people have the stories that people have, you know, I think people can get a lot of inspiration and power from them yes. because it's, it's the people they see. But a lot, like I said, a lot of times, you know, when God kind of blesses you, well, not kind of, but when he blesses you and puts you in a different uh, arena, you, right. never look like, you never look like what you came from. Absolutely. So, you know, you, you when you hear somebody that's making six figures now and they're driving a Mercedes and they tell you, I was in the hood.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't look like where they came from now. Right. He's changed the name. He's totally rearranged them now. So people can't identify with that. No. And nobody documents their life. They don't. They don't. They don't document the process of where they're going. Right. And, and social media is a great. Like, what y'all doing now? I would never erase one of these podcasts because. You can look back on it ten years from now, mm-hmm. and people can see your growth. And right. people don't share their growth, and that's the thing that that I think people need to be more vulnerable. Like, like, yeah, let people see it. And I, I mean, I, I leave some of my stuff up. It is, it is like when I first started with my camera, it is horrible. Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, when I say horrible, it is horrible. <laughs> but oh, you see yeah. the growth
0: it, it makes yeah. you want to keep going you know i just yeah. had um an interview um wednesday i believe it was mm-hmm. and he was like because this was a returning guest and he was like just from last year it probably wasn't even a whole year when he'd been on a couple months he was like this has really grown like just so yeah. i was like yeah you know
2: and, and, and that's good and and you know being able to take that criticism is good matter of fact yeah, uh, it one, feels good. One, of, one of my one of my frat brothers Helped me grow so much in um, in, in in my video. Mm-hmm. I, I did a video for him. I thought it was just a bomb. I thought, oh, man. I, <laughs> I hooked it up. He looked at it. And you know what he said? He said, man, this is garbage. <laughs> he, said, he said, I want my money back. He said, man, this is garbage. This is pure <laughs> garbage. And I mean, it struck me. But at the same time, I said, you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get better. So, get that. I, I reevaluated everything I was doing and, and I did some, like I, I call them, I call them spec ads. I did spec commercials. Mm-hmm. I did spec commercials and not only did he get me a job, but I mean, I landed some some jobs like $15, $2,500 $2, jobs. Yeah. But I never would have known if he wouldn't have told me.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yes.
2: Garbage, man. And I mean, at that time, I, I didn't want to hear that. I was like, oh. Hey, you know, I want to suck him in the face. Like you won't know, you know be talking to me like that, but swallow swallow your pride, take that butt cutting, and get better. And get better. That's yes.
0: it. Cause yes. you would rather him, a frat brother, tell you than you try to pitch it to somebody that's way bigger, and it's like then ruin yes. your whole, you know.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. You gotta yes. look at
0: that. You gotta you gotta yes. understand that. And
2: a lot of people don't. You know, you know, here's one thing people got to understand. People talk about their haters and they talk about their enemies. Mm-hmm. God uses those people to move you forward. Move you forward. So when you look at that, anytime you come against that, all that is God saying, I need you to change something. I need you Absolutely. to change something. And, and so when when people like that come, I don't understand why people they get angry at those people. In in in, in the Bible, it talks about where they were talking about the in, the enemies of God of, I think it was the Israelites, somebody like was the hand of God. The, those are the things that move you. You you never right. get better when you're feeling good. It's always pressure and something that just kicks your ass that makes you say, you know what, I gotta pull this thing together. Absolutely. I gotta get up and I gotta get it done. It's always pressure. It's always pressure because yeah. if
0: everybody always complimented you, oh, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're not going to improve because oh, I'm doing good. Everybody's telling me yeah. that. Oh, so you yeah. need that constructive criticism. We need those haters. Yeah. <laughs> we need yeah. to know. We need to know what we're doing. Yeah. Well, um, Chris, I appreciate you tonight. I really enjoyed it. I kind of feel like we have to do this again. Just the the conversation itself. You know, yeah. life itself. Um. Just period. I enjoyed our conversation. Is there anything else you would like to share with us um, before I let you have your Sunday evening back?
2: No, nah, I mean just hey, just keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, check out check out the podcast. It's still a grown podcast. Uh, I'm I'm still learning learning as I go. But uh, and
0: and don't... how do they con- the podcast? Uh, what is the name of it? You said
2: it's called Grind You Mentality Podcast
0: mind You mentality podcast
2: yeah. okay I, I okay we, we, we actually i actually got another one coming out um it's more so dealing with uh relationships uh okay. and it's in the making but uh it's um i think it's something that is, is needed uh i, I agree think we, i think we need to get the love back between that our man absolutely and our woman. So,
0: I would love to join you one day if you'd have me. I love it. I love stuff like
2: that. we definitely get you on there.
0: (laughs) But um, again, I appreciate you so much. If you'll just stay on um, once we disconnect from our viewers, I appreciate that. And everybody knows on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema, peace and love. Thanks for tuning in, guys.